see clearly what, uh, what we're trying to say to them with our leaving. Pray also too, Lord, for <clears throat> those in our congregation that are struggling right now for Bill Bannister, for Evelyn, for Lucille, for Karen, for Kay, for Joyce, and for Joyce, who's off her medicine right now, she can get a procedure. We pray that everything will go smoothly for her. We also pray for those that are struggling with health issues right now. I pray for a friend's dad, Lauren, that uh, Leon, I mean, that you'll be with him and bring healing to his cancer. I pray also, too, for my cousin Nancy and for her cancer battle, and also, <clears throat> Lord, too, uh, for Angie and Todd, for Angie and her cancer, and for Todd with his heart. I pray also, too, God, for a healing of a marriage, Lord. I pray also for little Samantha, Father, as she battles her cancer also. I pray also, too, Father, um, for um, my uh, cousin Tommy, that you'll continue to be with him and give him good health with his liver transplant. I pray also, too, Father, God, for um, <clears throat> um, Howard as he uh, searches for a home, Lord, that you can provide him for with him and his, his daughter, Lord. And Father, there are others that we are concerned about, especially those who battle their addictions. We pray for healing for them. We think of Ryden and Jordan and David and Eric and Ricky and, and Mitch, who are still carrying that load. We pray for my friend Sam, too, who's having problems with his eyes, Lord, that the doctors will be given wisdom in how to approach it and bring healing to his body. And now, Father God, as we come to you, Lord, we ask you for your help and for your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us in a very particular way, that we may hear what you have to say for us, that some will be, leave here with joy in their heart of being relieved of something, or that, Father God, you spoke to them through your word, that each one of us can hear what you have to say for us particularly. And we thank you for your word that speaks very boldly to us about life and how to lead a godly life. Lord, help us to grab onto that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Two professors were in a physics class and they wanted to talk to the students about how energy can, once it's let go, it can diminish. And what they did is they took in their seminary, in their uh, class at the college, they had a girder and they hung on a, a, a cable, a bowling ball about 10 pounds. They hooked the bowling ball to it. And then the one young professor said, yeah, I can do it. And he sat in a chair. And then the other professor grabbed the ball and brought it back within two inches of the nose of that young professor. And then he let it go. And that bowling ball went up there. And as it came back, you could see that young professor going... And he was moving his head back because he believed the principle, but was not sure that it was going to actually happen. Well, he did not get hit in his face by the 10-pound bowling ball. But we today are going to deal with faith today. Moses is going to be challenged in his faith today. And you and I, I hope, are challenged too by our faith. If you remember, the children of Israel had a really good thing going when Joseph was down in Egypt. They were given high privilege because Joseph had saved not only Israel, but he saved the Egyptians. Because there was great famine in the land, people that had come with Joseph's family, but now had grown over a million people. 
600,000 of them were soldiers, strong men. And the reason why they were is because God had the beautiful children of Israel, who are his beloved, were put into slavery so that they could be toughened up and be prepared to take on the Canaanite territory and win in Canaan. That God also provided for them with numerous people being born. In fact, so much so that if we remembered from last week, the children of Israel were growing so rapidly that they started killing the babies. One of those babies, even in faith, Jochebed and her husband Armin, gave birth to a baby by the name of Moses. They were fearful, of course, that the Pharaoh would kill the baby. They put him in the bulrushes in a little basket that they had made with pitch. And wouldn't you know it? But God in his wisdom, not by chance, but God by his appointment, had Pharaoh's daughter find the baby, fell in love with the baby, and had one of the servant girls come and feed the baby, which was his mother. And she even paid for that service. How God provided for her and for Moses. And that that baby, when it came time and started growing up, that baby was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Got the best of education, got the best of everything that you could have for that day and age. He was educated in astronomy and astrology. He was educated in mathematics. All the things that the Pharaohs had in that society for that day, that was the top of the line. And Moses got it. And God prepared Moses 40 years to be an outstanding leader who watched his father own do the leadership of the country. God was preparing him. But then he murdered an Egyptian who was killing one of his fellow Hebrews. And Moses was sent. He ran away, basically, but really was sent by God. On the lamb, to Midian, to a priest, where he was protected. And there he took care of sheep for 40 years. God, again, preparing him to lead the children of Israel who were stubborn like sheep. Who did not take good instruction. But God was preparing Moses again. We see God's hand through this all through his history. And now God comes to Moses in a theophany, which God reveals himself and shows himself to Moses. And we see first the call. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing flyer from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. Now, if you know anything about the desert that he was in, this was not unusual for a plant to just start burning because they were so dry and it was so hot that sometimes they would catch on fire. But what was amazing to Moses was this bush did not burn up. It still remained the bush that it was. It was an amazing engulfment of flames, but that it didn't burn. And God appears to Moses. And God wants Moses and deals with Moses to experience 
Because he has a special plan for Moses in his life. Just like all of us, God has a plan. But especially for Moses this day. And God comes to Moses in the bush. And he speaks to him. And he wants him to turn. I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, the book Experiencing God. That was written and it's a beautiful book and it's also a workbook. About, and on the front of it, is, it talks about how we want to get the will of God. And it shows Moses standing by the front of the bush. And he's turning away. And this is monumental because we all have the same decision that Moses has. There are days God comes to us in the theophany of the bush. And he says to us, do you want to be my child here today? Do you want to follow me and do my will? Or do you want to go your own way? And if Moses had turned away from God here, he would have turned into obscurity. Nobody would have ever known him. But here God's call on him. He listens to God on Horeb. And hear God speaking to him. And Moses, we see, fumbling, fearful, and yet willing to step in faith. You know, faith compromises us knowledge of God. Moses really didn't have that much knowledge of God. And God was going to teach him like the Israelites. And that's what Exodus is about, how God reveals himself to his people. And Moses here is going to learn about God and how Moses speaks to him. And he said, and when the Lord saw Moses coming closer to look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer. The Lord warned, take off the sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. And I am God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was even afraid to look at God. Moses gets this theophany and revealed that God is who he is. There are many people who run around in our world who say they have faith in God. But if you go around and ask them really what they're believing in, they're believing in their idea of what they think God wants them to do and that he endorses it. And it's very easy, as Calvin once said, that you can heart can make an idol out of anything. And he can make an idol out of God, someone that we can form into our own image. But here God is showing him the real God. The God who wants him to grow and be used to lead the people of Israel out of bondage into the land flowing with milk and honey. And God called to him, Moses, Moses, double up, because he really wanted Moses to pay attention here. And I'm the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the past. Now is speaking to you, Moses. And I want you to lead the children of Israel to a land of milk and honey. And I will be with you, God is promising. But if you notice, God says to him, Moses, you are on holy ground right now. Take your shoes off and realize where you're standing before this awesome God. And he realizes, and he doesn't even want to look towards God. And he takes his shoes off. Because this God is the God of the I am. The God who is not Baal, he's not Ashereth, he's not Allah, he's not a higher power, he's Almighty God. One of the tragedies in our world today, my friends, 
is that sometimes we can see that we don't have that kind of respect. Some people can be very cute, they try to be cute, but they're flipping about God's name. They'll talk about the big guy, or they'll talk about the dude, or they'll talk about the old man. But Moses is realizing he's coming into the presence, and this is what we need to understand. We come into the presence of God. It's not by man's opinion or not man's ideology, but it's by God who reveals himself. We would know nothing about God unless he reveals himself. We know in the book of Romans, it says that God revealed him first through creation. Then God re revealed himself through conscience. That's why we have a conscience. And that God also reveals himself in a special way. And here we have the special way, this theophany. And today we have a very careful on, on what we hear and what we listen to. Because even some of the great Christians that of our age, or celebrity Christians, I would say that, that they put new age into their stuff, into the theology, because it sounds better. It's more positive. And then we find also that people play with what God has says. When God says no, we begin to start saying, oh, it's not that bad. And then there's even those who are charismatic who believe they hear a special thing from God that conflict with the Bible. Well, the Bible here is showing us that God reveals himself as he is. And that's why we hold on to the Bible so dearly. And that we respect it and reverence it so much. Because we have seen people trying to mold it into the American cultural dream that we're seeing now. And not seeing it for what God truly says. And people are playing with it. And we know this is not just one issue, folks. This is many issues that are across the board. And it's all a matter of what people believe about the scripture. And how they handle the scriptures. What they know about the scripture. We know that the Bible says that God's word is the inspired word of God. And it's profitable for, to teach and to preach. It was handed down to men. Taught by the Holy Spirit. So we have the living words of God. That we need to respect and honor and follow. But you see. That has come into suspect. And there have been people who have come in and say that the Bible, its inspiration was not from God to man. But was men who were inspired and seen what God had done and they wrote down some things. They don't see God's inspiration in it. And they can see a way that they can manipulate it. And move it to the way they want it. You see, it's all a matter of the way people look at the, the inspiration of scripture. We believe, according to the word of God, that God descended down and, and condescended and spoke to the prophets, spoke to the apostles, spoke to the writers of the New Testament and the Old Testament. We have another view that says, no, these were men who were just trying to put together what they seemed to think God was about. And that's why it's so easy. But today, the Bible is showing us here that God... Is the one who reveals himself to us. 
And that compromise of not only knowing God, but that we also acknowledge God for who he is and live in the way he wants us. Listen to the Westminster Confession speak to us. When it acknowledges God and say, I believe in God, that God is a spirit. He's infinite. He's eternal, unchangeable being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And that there is but one God only, the true God, Yahweh. And that's why we take the word of God seriously. And why it says in Romans 10, 70, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And that's where our faith gets inspired by. And that's why we hold on to the scriptures. And the problem is, is that we need to apply it to our lives. This past week, we received a little picture of my niece. And her husband and baby, who are missionaries in another part of the world that we can't talk about, we can't mention. But they're going through a difficult time right now because they've been without power for three days. And they were huddled in their apartment with their little baby between them, huddled with blankets on because it's been so cold in that area of the world. But you know as well as I do. They're not the only missionaries. You and I are missionaries. We're missionaries in our own backyards, our neighborhoods, our family members, missionaries at our work, where we see the hostility of the environment against God. And then we don't need to go a thousand miles away, but it's right here in America. And we need to show people that there's a true God who's written about himself and has given to us the truth of who he is. And that we need to hold to those words and show him those words. And that we don't limit ourselves. Because sometimes we do that, don't we? We don't think we have anything to say. But we do. In fact, we have a lot to say about our faith in Jesus Christ and what the Bible has to say. And I know sometimes you may get stumped by a question. I know there's many times that I've found myself not having an answer, but I don't quit. We say, I don't understand right now, but I'll get back with you. And what a great opportunity to get back with them again. And what a way to, for us to learn, especially when I first started out. There were a lot of questions people asked that I didn't have answers to. But the Bible does. And our God does. It comes to being dependent on God and trusting him for those answers. And that we can come to them and share this with them. And that we're willing to say, God, use me. God says to him, now go and I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. He's sending us every day, folks. And we can give answer for the hope that Jesus has inside of us. But we know how easy it is to get excuses. And this was Moses. Unlike Isaiah who said, Lord, send me. Moses is backing off. He's filled with excuses. If you look here, but Moses protests to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead this people to Israel? I'm a nobody, God. 
You're asking me to go the most powerful man in the world? I'm unqualified, even though he was the most qualified of all the Israelites because he had the education, he had the ability. And yet he knew he couldn't change the heart of the Pharaoh. Moses, God, I'm not qualified. I can't do this. But God, you don't understand. Yes, he does understand. And God says to them, you can do this, Moses. And then he says to him, again, God, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? And then what shall I tell them? He was unsure about God. He wasn't sure he knew enough about God. Sometimes we panic. We sell ourselves short. And you see, one of Moses' problems was he wasn't looking at how God can handle us. He was looking at it from his own personal perspective. I can't do this, God. Yes, Moses, you can't, but I can through you. Trust me. I've been gone for 40 years. They're going to forget who I was. I murdered the guy. They're not going to remember me. God, who are you? How am I going to tell the people that I go up to and say, hey, God sent me. Who are you? I don't even know who you are. And God already was ready. But God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. We know in the Hebrew, that word is the substance of all life. It is the being who started everything. It's the being who owns everything in the universe. And he's saying to Moses, I'm your strength, Moses. I'm your courage. I'm your hope. I'm your defender, Moses. I'm the all-sufficient God. Do you believe that? You see, it's interesting in the Hebrew... That word is such a word that most of the Hebrews would understand that he was the only one that existed. And in the Hebrew language, it carries across the tense in the English that it says, I have always been, I am here now, and I always will be. Moses, don't you get it? I am sending you. You're not sending yourself. See, Moses couldn't get over himself. What does that name mean? That I am the I am. Jesus said that. When he was talking with the Pharisees and when he was sharing with his disciples, he spoke in I am terms in the best way in the book of John. I'm the bread of life. I am the Messiah. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. Jesus said that because he was highlighting that he was God in the flesh. Before Abraham was, I am, he said. And they're looking, the Pharisees are saying, what? You were here before the F Abraham was? And Jesus says, yeah. I existed before Abraham. And Moses, I am. That's who's sending you. Believe it. Do it. But Moses protested again. 
What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? He's wanting credentials. Paul says that, doesn't he? He says Jews want a sign. They want a sign of God's power. So here we are. We see that again. And God says to him, what do you got in your hand, Moses? Why, this stick. The shepherd's Throw it on the ground, Moses. Watch what I do with it. Turns it into a snake. Now grab it and pull it back up. And God makes it stronger. But God. Moses, take your hand and put it inside your coat. And pull it out. It's diseased, God. It's ugly. It's leprous. Put it back in, Moses. And bring it out. It's pure. Moses, go down by the water. Look at the Nile River. What do you see in there? It's turned to blood. What do you see now? It's clear again. Moses, I am who I am. I'm with you. Again, Moses. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, 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 I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. And the Lord says to Moses, who makes a person's mouth, Moses? Who decides whether people speak or not? do not speak? Hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? God lays it out to him. I made you the way you are, Moses. And I'm going to use you, Moses. But you have faith in me. Trust me as you go through it. I've often talked about my nephew in New Jersey. Four years old, he was told that he's got a schesis on his eyes. And he would not see very well and he'd be partially blind. He would never drive a car. His eyesight is that bad. But his mother and father said, this is what God has given you. And this is how you live. Trust him. And that young man... They would listen to him sometimes, especially when it was very tough, when one of his siblings got their first license and he could never drive a car. That hurt. But they told him to trust God. He went off to college in Connecticut, did very well. Went off to law school, top of his class in economics. Economic law. And just graduated back in June. Highest in his class. And landed a job in New York City making a lot of money. And trusting God to get around. To get back and forth to that corporation. 
to honor God. Because he took what God had given to him and he trusted God. And because of that, he's where he's at today. We see Moses again stumbling. Even though God said, I've made people this way. And I've given you the ability. I will help you. Then again, Moses again pleads. Lord, please send somebody else, anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. Because he knew what the problems he was going to have here. All right, he said. Your brother Aaron, the Levite. I know he speaks well. And look, he is on the way to meet you. And he will be delighted to see you. You're going to work together, Moses. But Moses, remember this. That God's still going to back away from it and give him what he wanted here. But it was going to cause Moses problems. You see, Moses was going to have problems because, number one, Moses' brother Aaron caused him problem when he went up on the mountain to get the commandments. And his brother got nervous because the people were getting upset. And he capitulated to them. And he built the golden calf rather than trusting God like Moses did. It caused him problems. But God was with Moses even through that. God had given him the ability to speak and also the brother to help him through. Sometimes when God backs away, this is one of my biggest concerns right now for America. We see it in Romans chapter 1 where God says that he will walk and back away. Give the people what they want. We know there are people in this world, the deep dark state. We know there are people who are trying to influence our culture and bring it down. Will God walk away from America? Cause it to collapse. Because they have not heeded God's will. Moses. Biggest problem. He said I'm unsure and I'm unworthy. I'm unrepaired. I'm unable. But really he was unwilling. He really didn't want what God had assigned to him. He wanted to run away. He wanted somebody else to do it for him. You know, that's the same thing that happens sometimes in, in Christian work. We're all looking for somebody else to do it. He says, I'm unwilling. God said, no. Moses, you've been called to this. So do it. And your brother will be there to help you. But remember, I am with you. And that's what we need to remember. That the I am is with us. No matter what God calls us to do. And so God gives him the answers that he needs. Take your shepherd's staff with you. And use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Moses, they're going to believe you. They're going to believe that you're being led by me. You show them with your staff. And then Moses. Goes back to his father-in-law. And says goodbye. And gets his blessing from his father-in-law. 
as God has already blessed him and said, you're going to be blessed and I am going to be with you and you're going to accomplish what you need to do. And so Moses took his wife and sons, puts them on the donkey and heads back to the land of Egypt. And in his hand, again, he carried that staff, the reminder that God was going to be with him. And God is going to work through him and use him. Just as we have in our hands a staff. We have capabilities. We have abilities. We have all kinds of things. And in the hands of God, we can be used tremendously for God. And strengthened. And then we see. He meets Aaron. Go out into the wilderness to meet Moses. And so Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God. And they embrace together. And then they come and present to the children of Israel. That God is going to lead them out of Egypt. And Aaron told them everything that God had told Moses. And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. And then the people of Israel were convinced that God had sent them. Moses and Aaron. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them, had seen their misery, they bowed down in the worship. They realized this God cares. This God is concerned for them. You know and I know that when we show ourselves to God, and when we reach out to our friends and our neighbors and our fellow workers, that we show them that God cares about them. God can do wonderful things. God will come to you in some unexpected way at work or in your neighborhood at a different situation. It could be a crisis in this neighborhood. It could be a crisis of somebody whose health is bad. It's those moments that God can use us and that we need to sometimes get out of the routines of our life to see people who they are, children lost without a savior. Sometimes it's easy for us to get into ruts and do the same thing over and over and over. We find ourselves in that groove for hundreds of years. And God comes to Moses. He says, now it's time to go. 1,400 days of 14,000 days of watching sheep. Now it's time to change. Deliver the people. And in a very ordinary place, God speaks to him. He does the same thing with us. Whether it's an accident or an illness, a circumstance that gone bad, random situations that we run into. And God says to us, what do you have in your hand? I can use that to touch these friends of yours. Are you going to hold on to the past? And your fears, are you going to trust me? I'm going to equip you with everything you need. Don't wait for faith. Take action and walk ahead in faith. And I will show you how to depend on me even more. Do it. Obey. I will not let you down. I will not let you go, but I hold you in my hand. 
Are you willing to do that? Are we willing to follow God and say, here I am, Lord, send me? Are we going to use excuses? God's calling us and want to hear all of us say, here I am, Lord, send me. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for these brothers and sisters each and every day. They're confronted with crises and situations in which they're called to follow you and to lead others. I pray for each one of us as we go out into the world that you'll use us and that we can do and trust you even though we may not feel we have the capability that we know we represent you who are the great I am, who can enable us and strengthen us and give us the ability that we need to influence the world for Christ. Lord, forgive us when we try to make excuses and help us just to trust in your power by faith. And grab a hold of the moments, the situations, so that they can be used for your glory and for your honor. Through Jesus Christ we pray this. Amen. Please rise for the benediction and the closing song. And now go in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all, both now and to the day he takes us. Amen. New life in Christ, abundant and free. What glory shine, what joys are mine, what wondrous blessings I see. My past with its sin, the searching and strife. Forever gone, there's a bright new dawn, for in Christ I have found new life.